Blog Talk Radio. Somebody out there got a dream. Somebody out there got a dream. Welcome to the Ryan and Brian Show. I am Ryan Green. And I'm Brian Johnson. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to another show. What's going on, man? How's it going? It's going well, man. Another Tuesday night, another Ryan and Brian Show. And we have got, it was the first of the month, man, so you know we've got an exciting show uh, planned out. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, here we go again, man. October, what's it, October 2nd, man, another month. Well, we have three months left in 2012, man. So, uh, you know how it is on Tuesdays, man. We just do what we do. Make people smile and think a little bit. That we so do, man. And it, the time is the time is definitely flying. It's just crazy. It seems like, you know, just yesterday it was like February and we're already in August. So, I mean, in uh, October. So, uh, man, yeah, man. Look, I'm, I'm still in August. <laughs> so. uh, right, right, right. We just seem like we just did recess. But, yeah, we're already... Um, Sitting here now, going into October, man. So getting ready to start promoting our, our holiday mixer soon, almost. And, and what else you do? I was thinking about the other day. We got the holiday mixer coming up. We got the uh, Ryan and Brian show superlatives we normally do soon. So it's uh, we're coming down to the fourth quarter, man. That is another it is. successful year. Another successful year. But uh, speaking of success, uh, let's, let's talk. Man, we got to talk sports because right now both of our baseball teams are experiencing some success. I know when it comes to baseball. Uh, you know, you guys in, in uh, Detroit are kind of like where we are in football in Baltimore, where you guys experience relative success every year. Where we just this is our first time in 15 years being in the postseason. So the Baltimore Orioles are going to make it to the playoffs this year. You guys are uh, just clinched today as well. So uh, do you really even follow baseball out there, man? You just got to take your, your uh, Tigers for granted. No, no, I, 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 of course, I don't take my Tigers for granted. Well, first, before I even talked about my Tigers, I wanted to uh, congratulate you. That's that's really a big, a big deal uh, after 15 years. Um, I know how it was when the Lions made the playoffs, so I know you're pretty amped by it. But <laughs> hey, man, I'll tell you what, I, I just love what the Tigers are doing. I, I mean, a few years back, they decided to really start acting like an American League top caliber team and started getting some of that talent. So we got um, my man Milky Cabrera is going for the triple crown, and and we're we're division leaders. We picked up. Uh, we picked up um, uh, Cecil Fielder's boy Prince, so <laughs> so uh, we have uh, Justin Verlander. I mean, we we have we have a nice squad, and um, and it's exciting. It's very exciting. How, how are things in Baltimore? Where I'm sure people are just amped about the success with Man, the whole. They're so excited. That's the thing. It, it's they're so excited, but because people have been away from the game for so long, no one knows who these guys are out there playing. <laughs> You know, uh, we went the other way and kind of went through some no names and just got Buck Showalter in there doing some things. Uh, shout out to Andrea Holtman because she's been kind of my um, Orioles liaison all year long. Hope <laughs> keep it up with. with uh, I think her I post. think she's the, she's the world's Orioles liaison. <laughs> <laughs> Look yeah, for those that so. think that, that sports is just for men, man. I mean, she follows uh, football. She follows baseball. Everything, Absolutely, so that yeah. that's yeah. big time. Yeah, so, so we're excited. I'm about to go ahead and find me an Orioles cap, a T-shirt or something, man. We got two two teams playing in October. Now, of course, we want to win the division so we can actually, you know, be in it for a minute because, you know, with the new uh, setup, you go to the wild card, you play, like, a game. You have to win that game to actually get into the, the real playoffs. So I hate to see us go and win, you know, lose the first game and be out. Uh, right. But, uh People are, there's a buzz going on right now in Baltimore. And, of course, you know, it kind of takes it to the next sport where we've been dominating for so long, the 3-1 and one Ravens, man, and uh, the 1-3 Lions. Yeah, the cardiac cats are giving me a heart attack <laughs> once again. It's starting to feel like uh, like old times, which old is times. a good thing um, out in Detroit. It's just that uh, – you know, we have a few problems. I, I personally feel like it, it started over the summer when we just had too many little discipline issues, mm-hmm. and uh, it's 
kind of translate it into the play, you know, not not take, not really taking care of the the, um, the smaller details, not finishing stuff off, and really, you know, our offense has been very stagnant. I think that um, as defenses are doubling up on Calvin Johnson, um, the other receivers aren't making plays, and we just have we can't get a running game going. So it, it's gonna it's gonna be a work in progress. Season's still not over, but. As a Lions fan, even last year, we were always, you know, cautiously optimistic. We thought at any day, any any game, things could just turn and and uh, starting off a little bit rough for us. But as usual, the Ravens are still in it. Your boy Ray Ray is looking like a young guy. He came into the season, lost some weight, and and um, last I checked, he is playing really well, and and the, and the whole squad is playing well. Yeah, yeah, we're doing. I mean, he, he's not Ray of. You know, old, not not MB, Super Bowl MVP Ray. I mean, 80, 80% old, Ray. Ray is still better than 80% of the other linebackers in the league. So, right. uh, you know, and the intangibles he brings to that defense uh, can't be matched by anyone in the league, if you ask me. Uh, you know, and with Mr. Terrell Suggs, I'm still holding on. I mean, we went 3-1. and one. We had the toughest stretch uh, to start the season. We we had uh, what, four games in 18 days. We played on Monday night, Sunday night, and a Thursday night primetime game to start the season. I mean, where did they do that at? Uh, you know, they were all home games, though, which was good. And uh, so we, we were 3-1. and one. We're looking now, you know, we got the next four games. And as long as we come under these 3-1 and one or 4-0, and oh, we're, we're primed to do some big things, man. So I'm looking forward to that. And hey, I'm really, well, you know, well, um, well, I'm really excited about you doing the Ray Lewis dance at uh, at homecoming. <laughs> I heard that, that you're going to come out and do your best Ray Lewis impression. As soon as you yeah. walk on campus into the uh, right, Ryan and Brian yeah. Show event, so get that on on tape for me, man. I gotta see that. We'll put that on the website. I'm gonna squirrel. I'm gonna do the squirrel right on Ogden Circle. <laughs> oh, is that what that's called? The squirrel? Is that what it's called? All these years, and I just found out last week that it's called the squirrel. I had no idea. Oh wow! <laughs> you know, I've yeah, seen bro. the squirrel before. Okay, I kind of see where that's coming from. I've only seen yeah. women do it though, so I guess that's the that's the male squirrel. I, I, hey. You know what? We're gonna move on because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of women, man, what a beautiful segue! It is October, and in October, it's uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month as well as Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Uh, so um, all this year, you and I were wearing pink while we do the radio show. Um, I'm just kidding. No one's even <laughs> But um, yeah, we definitely wanted to um, make people aware of that, and hopefully, you guys do something. Uh, you know, to help out either of those causes and just uh, women and men alike. You know, men don't really get the um, attention paid when it comes to the breast cancer awareness, but uh, it's my understanding, you know, men are susceptible to breast cancer as well, so definitely uh, make sure you get yourselves checked out with domestic violence. Uh, you know, we, we, we talk about this this a lot, not not we, me and you and I, but we see it a lot, and I mean, most recently with the Chad and Evelyn situation, and this is a, uh, you know, it's a very serious Issue, and we just hope that uh, you know, each month people will take time to learn something about it, become more uh, in tune with what's going on, so we don't look at this as something that's just like you know we get swept under the rug, uh, take for granted, and think that um, you know it is you know it's nothing to be uh, serious about. So definitely right. pay attention to yeah. both of those situations this month. Yeah, well, well, what we'll do is we'll definitely try to get some folks on to talk about uh, both those things. And it's ironic you mentioned um, the uh, the fact that men could have breast cancer. I, I actually know men that have had breast cancer and who have been victims of domestic violence. So both of these issues are uh, are not gender specific. And uh, and this month we're going to try to get some some uh, experts on to kind of talk about uh, talk about these issues and and. Uh, Educate us because you know we like to have fun, but we like to uh, inform as well, and uh, and that's something that we're going to do this month on those two issues. Absolutely, so good stuff, man. So you know, uh, first week of the month, we always like to go to our leadership university. We kind of start uh, the month off with that. We give you those tips or uh, some training or something. We give you that uh, leadership uh, insight. Uh, and this week, uh, this month rather, what we wanted to do because we've been talking about politics uh, every week leading up to this election. And wanted to kind of tie this in this week's, uh, this month's uh, leadership university into the debate because tomorrow is the first presidential debate between uh, President Barack Obama and Republican nominee Mitt Romney. What do you call him? Willett? <laughs> Willett. Romney. Willett Romney will be on yeah. the debate tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to, 
what we wanted to do tonight as we talk about the debate um, and, and what to expect, I was looking online and found an article on Voice of America's website, uh, and the article was entitled How to Win a Debate, Presidential or Otherwise. And they gave four tips on uh, how to win a debate. So we want to kind of just, you know, this leadership university talk about, give, give some tips on how to win a debate, what you can look for tomorrow in the first debate, uh, some insight on, on that, as well as, you know, hopefully it'll help you out in life, whether you're debating uh, with, with your spouse, significant other, uh, boss, or your political uh, opponent yourself. <laughs> so, you know, before we get into the list, though, man, that's, what, what are you looking for when you look at this debate uh, starting tomorrow? Are, are you expecting anything, uh, hoping to see something in particular? Uh, what's your hopes for, for, debate, for the debate? Well, you know, since, since I, I tend to stay uh, in touch with the uh, – stay abreast of the issues, uh, a lot of what they're going to say, I'm um, – I'd like to say that I, I'm pretty uh, aware of, but in the case of Willett, I want to see how um, how consistent he is with his um, with his stances that he's taken prior to the debate, and whether you know when he does waffle, which he's going to have to, because in many cases he's taken two separate stances, two two diametrically opposite stances, and um, and has <laughs> argued them both. So I'm going to be looking to see if uh, if he gets called out on that uh, on the on the uh, on Obama side. I'm going to be I'm going to look to see how he actually plays this because I think that a lot of Democrats are pretty um, pretty confident and pretty excited, but it it can cause uh, either Obama to overreach or to be too uh, too passive. So I'm looking to see how he how he handles this debate, uh, given the kind of precarious position he is, even though by all um, all accounts he is pretty much winning this uh, this election so far. What about you? Are you looking for anything specific? Well, I, I would definitely want to see, I think that Mitt has had, what, maybe three weeks now to prepare for the uh, 47% questions that you know are going to come. I want to see how he spends that. You know, what he, what he, uh, I, if that's not brought up, then I think the whole thing is going to be a joke. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of, at this point, uh, the decision has already been made, but now I want to just see the, how each of them are presenting themselves, um, you know, going forward. Because, like you say, I mean, when you have someone like, like Mitt who has spoken on pretty much every side of every issue, and, and to see someone who, who can sit there, and really, you know, in front of an audience and um, – Really believe, I think, you know, what he's saying, even if he's contradicting what he believes. And I said that to make, I said it confusingly on purpose. Because right. I think that it, that's the, the shocking part when watching it all. It's like, wow, this guy's really for real. So that that's the scary part because you know that even though as absurd as some of the things look, it's still an election. People still go damn vote. He still has a shot um, just to win. So. You know, you don't you don't just lose because you, you sound silly. You, people got to vote. Um, right. And the thing is, we know in this country, it's not about the popular vote all the time. It's about the electoral college. So, And we also know that it's not about Obama. It's about Joe Mama. <laughs> if, you, if you've ever heard of Sharpton, that's a Sharpton. Uh, that's a Sharptonism, man. You got to watch that. That's right. You don't have cable. I forgot. It's not about yeah, Obama. It's, it's about Joe Mama. It sounded like Sharpton when you said it, but uh, <laughs> man, let's, let's get to the list. So uh, the first thing that this list will um, discuss, oh, if I get to that, 646-652-2647 is the number to call in. If you want to um, uh, listen or if you have a question or comment, you want to get on the air, 646-652-2647 is the number. Uh, but the first thing on this list, and again, this is on Voices of America, uh, to winning a debate is to know your audience. Uh, they talk about knowing your audience, knowing who you're speaking to, so that you uh, know how uh, what, what the message is that they want to hear and how to cater your message to that audience. Uh, and I think that, that that connecting piece has been the biggest advantage that President Obama has had and the biggest disadvantage and the biggest stumbling block that Mitt Romney has had. I think that President Obama, even as, as a um, candidate in 2008, his thing was his charisma. He was able to attract and, and connect with every level of voter when you have someone like Mitt Romney who seems to be struggling with even Republicans. He's been struggling to connect with every level of voter. Uh, so we're talking about knowing your audience. Now, what, what, um, when you look at it from your perspective, what do you see that uh, being? Well, well, I, you- I, 
Well, I see um, you, you talked about Mitt having trouble connecting, and I think he has a really interesting um, challenge in that in the Republican uh, primaries, his audience was Republican voters and kind of the, the Republican brass, the, the really devout uh, partisans. And in many cases, uh, the extreme right wing is very much different than the actual voter that he that he has to woo in the general election. So where he's kind of put where he had to put his flag on the ground and, and, and know his audience and speak to that audience uh months ago, now he's being forced to basically speak and, and speak to a total different audience but still be tied to his <laughs> to his uh his past position that he uh he set forth to win the the nomination. So, you know, I think he he did a great job of knowing his audience. Unfortunately, you know, his audience wasn't um he I think he had to be disingenuous in in dealing with that audience uh back in the in the GOP primaries and now, you know, he can't kind of pivot back to his more moderate stance stances that he that I think he really does have uh in the general mm-hmm. election. So that's really difficult. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean he he um had two audiences to win pretty much. He had to win the, the uh the Republican audience in the primaries and he did that. Now he's struggling with trying to win the general audience of the um, American people because of what he had to do to win the GOP audience. So right. uh, good point there, man. Uh next thing, uh next piece to winning with debate uh, it says, find a universal principle that everyone can agree to, even your opponent. Arguing from that principle, you don't have to fight about the basics of the evidence. So this was interesting. It was kind of hard to, um, you know, I don't know if you ever done debate. I've never been on a debate team. I've never been in debate. I did watch the great debaters. Um, however, I don't think they're really a debater at all. <laughs> but did, had, had you, have you ever debated to the masses? Uh, no, I won't say that I had. No, not in a, a, a professional type debate. No. Okay. Uh, so, so this part was kind of uh, when I read this one, it was like, okay, I'm trying to you know fully grasp what they're saying here with this one. Um, but from what I'm getting from it's like you know if you find something that even your opponent agrees on, there's nothing really that they can argue about, and they're simply they're agreeing. Okay, yeah, he's right. I find this funny because in politics, no one ever says, oh yeah, he was right. You know, it, even if it is uh, you know, something that's correct, they're going to still find some way to twist it and make it sound wrong or find a piece that, that they can find they even write her about. Right. So, um, you know, that that was kind of uh, humorous to me. What's your de- debate experience been? And then, you know, how do you see this part playing out tomorrow night? Well, my my debate experience is, is probably similar to yours. I, I was never on the debate team. I, I, I spend a good deal of, of time on the weekends and stuff uh, debating uh, conservatives on, on a lot of these, these topics, really just for fun. <laughs> but uh, as, as I think about this topic, I think you touched on, a, on you know, a, a very troubling fact, and that's that no one these days can um, will rely on the facts. With uh, with publicly or with uh, privately funded media and and all these conglomerates, a lot of times you can't really trust what you hear on the news. And what ends up happening is that uh, that once upon a time you would you would uh, politicians would uh, debate policy and they could agree on a on a base set of facts. Now uh, you know people don't even agree on the facts, so it's difficult to uh, to really discuss uh, policy. And as a result, I think you have a, a large uh, contingent of the voting public who would rather, you know, kind of vote their gut, vote for the guy that they like, vote for the guy who they'd like to have a beer with or whatever, than um, than the guy that, that is going to uh, implement the policies or at least promote the policies that are going to help them the most. So, and that could hurt people on both sides of the aisle you know there there are there are democratic uh, uh legislative stances that aren't going to be best for some of the people that vote for the democrats and you know for the republicans the same way so um so i think the fact that we can't really agree on the facts anymore and people there's no obligation to be factual uh from the media it makes it really difficult in this in this uh Election, so I think it's gonna, it, you know, what's factual and and who's more credible is gonna be kind of a relative uh, evaluation for both for both uh, candidates. Good stuff. Now the uh, next thing, number three on the list, was to be a great listener. 
Now, when you're in a debate, I know you've gotten, you know, you're sitting there, you're prepared for all the questions. You have all your talking points ready uh, that you want to fire off to prove your points. But uh, that be a great listener part is so important because, you know, if you're not addressing what your opponent is saying, then, uh, you know, you, you, again, you, you miss out on that connection piece, and then they could be uh, saying something that you really can get at, and, you know, and win a point on, but if you're not listening uh, to them or even listening to the question, I think one of my biggest pet peeves about debates uh, in general is that the person, the moderator will ask a question, the uh, the and, and then the person will just talk uh, for 90 seconds and never answer the question. Right, right. It, got, it got to be such a joke, uh, you know, in, in recent years where they'll ask a question, well, you know, uh, are you, do you believe global warming exists? Uh, well, um, I think the EPA is a joke, and I think that gas prices were, you know, a dollar and 87 cents when Obama was elected, and uh, you know, we should stop the war in Afghanistan. And you're sitting there like, what? <laughs> you know, and it's, so that's the part about the base that really gets me. And, and those are the kind of things that when I see those uh, tactics, you know, that, that's tough to bring down a trust meter. You know, I don't right. trust someone who can't answer a question. I don't trust you as a person. I don't trust you as a leader if you can't simply answer a question when asked because you're so uh, intent on telling me what you want to tell me instead of telling me what I'm asking to hear. Uh, so as a great listener, you know, when you're talking about debate, man, uh, who, who would you think uh, is going to benefit uh, from this skill and who probably uh, needs to improve one better? If, if well, one uh, yeah, well, I think from from what I've seen of, of Governor Romney, um, actually I do think that, that he listens pretty well in debates. Um, you know, the president is also a good listener, uh, where I think they're going to have the challenge. A challenge is in how to use what they hear in the debate to their advantage and not to their detriment. There, there's a couple uh, situations where um, I, I think in, in the uh, in the, the Hillary Clinton and Obama um, uh, primaries last year, where Obama was a bit condescending when he heard certain things, and and you seen if you seen Mitt Romney, you know he gets he gets kind of crunk, you know, when, when somebody says something or does something, and, and he just kind of jumps in their face, and he you know he's put his hands on people and those types of things. So a, as a result of things that he's heard or uh, in in an attempt to rebut what somebody said before, so um, I, I think that you know I wouldn't give anyone the edge over the other in, in their their um, ability and their skill at listening, uh, the, the question is going to become, you know, their knee-jerk reaction and, and whether that's going to do them more harm than good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the Republican debates and, and thinking about a couple of times that Mitt really got mad and um, when the fireworks started between him and Rick Perry, and uh, I would love to see him, <laughs> love to see him get his, his uh, uh, feathers ruffled and uh, show that fire again. And, uh, <laughs> hey, it's funny. If nothing else, man, I'm telling you, I, I really wish that um, if, if Herman Cain was the vice presidential nominee, I'm telling you, I would not miss a minute of any debate because it would be absolutely hilarious with the two of them. So it, it, it should be, it should be exciting. <laughs> All right, then the last thing on this one is to uh, be careful in deploying history and argumentation. So at this point they were talking about uh, being careful to pull up, you know, historic context in a debate saying that, you know, uh, bringing up an example from the past to support your argument because the person you're debating may be able to bring up a better example or multiple more, you know, more examples to discredit your argument. Uh, so I guess that uh, we're going into uh, the debate. Um, I guess President Obama can't say Bush left us with now, right? Well, I, I think that he can that he can do it. Um, he can't overdo it, and the reason is that he doesn't want to look like he's like he's passing the buck. However, uh, it is important to set context when you talk about the kind of the magnitude of a, of a lot of these problems that he had to deal with. Um, for for him to say, well, this is what I came in with, and and that uh, that also helps to show kind of the 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 change that uh, that he's brought brought about. So I think that he can use it. He can use it to his advantage, um, especially in this first debate, which I think I can't remember if it's about the economy or, or if it's just general or, or what. But um, but 
now and then also I think as he talks about uh you know he gets into the foreign policy and, and kind of the, the the debate about uh use of the military uh if he can tie in the costs and and his method of deployment versus how uh how it was handled under Bush um and draw similarities to what Romney's proposing I think he can actually use that well um in Romney's case he needs to stay away from the past because he was a total different person um, when he ran the the, uh, the state of Massachusetts, and <laughs> when when he was at Bain, and he he just it, it doesn't create a very um, a very good narrative for him because he doesn't seem very steady on anything if if he goes too far in the past. All right, good stuff, man. So uh, there you have it. That's our leadership university on how to win a debate, and uh, you know that's what we try to do: talk about real issues. So uh, keeping it in in line with our presidential talk uh, that Brian loves so much. Oh my God, Tona, Tona! <laughs> it's sickening. Yeah, I, mean, it I, I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I just can't follow it as much as you're, you're able to follow it uh, with with um, right now. So anyway, but next, let's keep it moving. We're going to go on to our next segment. Uh, she say, she say segment for those who are listening in. Uh, you know, today is a special. Uh, you know, first Mondays. I mean, first Tuesdays rather. We have our, our segment that we started last month. So we have the Love Doctor coming up as well. So, you know, get ready, ladies, uh, to uh, throw your panties at the screens. <laughs> the Love Doctor is coming up uh, shortly uh, answering your questions. We have a lot of good questions that came in uh, that we want to throw at the Love Doctor to help us get our love life straight. And then we got the top ten R&B list coming up a little later on the show as well. But we want to go to the He Say, She Say segment. And in this segment, we're going to bring on our super producer, herself, none other than Miss Kelly Ann Moody. So she's going to be the uh, one here to talk to us about the ladies' perspective as we're going to talk on the men's side. And, uh, so first of all, welcome to the show, Kelly. Hey, are you saying that I'm being double teamed? I wasn't going to say it, but it definitely crossed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't right. This Keep ain't it right. clean. Keep it clean. <laughs> <laughs> it crossed my mind, but... My bill <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, you just reminded me uh, when, when the book got you on the line. Forgot to say at the beginning of the show. Big shout out to Ladonna Armour. Happy birthday to her. She's all the way out there. And I don't know. I don't want to say where she is. She might be telling someplace people she's somewhere else. Happy birthday, Ladonna. So anyway, <laughs> good catch. <laughs> you know, right? Put people on blast. So anyway, right. you know, welcome to the show. Welcome back. I mean, you know, you're always on the show. But welcome to the air. And uh, right. for those who are uh, tuning in for the first time this month, our He Say, She Say segment is where we pretty much talk about different uh, subjects, topics that you know, men and women may may uh, have differing uh, opinions on. So we want to kind of get uh, those, those uh, subjects talked about. And today we had two questions we're going to uh, discuss. One has been a pretty hot topic earlier in the group today, and uh, we, we discussed it a couple different ways, different times. But this time we kind of asked the question, um, from a male or female perspective about uh, dating. <clears throat> so the question is, that's on the floor, if you, 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 let's say you're 35 to 40 years old and you got this nice, ripe, I don't, I don't even want more adjectives you. You got a 19-year-old that's trying to get with you. Now, from Kelly, from a female perspective, you got a 19-year-old Cam Newton type. Brian, from a male perspective, you got a 19-year-old, I don't know, Kate Upton type. She's not 19 years old. She is 35 years old, but I said anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right off the bat, I think that there's already a double standard in how people will look at these relationships. But, Kelly, let's start with you from a female perspective. And try to talk not just from you, your personal opinion, but try to, you know, I want you to speak for all of womanhood. <laughs> small task. Oh, all of womanhood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no you know, problem. Small task. About, you know, what what would be the, the, the how do you think that would be looked at by other women from a, a 40-year-old dating a 19-year-old who's, who's legal I mean, in, in a consensual relationship? Oh, man, you know, it's hard to separate the personal because, you know, my first response would be that I would look at it the same way as I would look at a 40-year-old man with a 19-year-old 
girl, um, which is ill. Um, <laughs> I think as far as like, you know, societally speaking, if you will, um, I mean, she's, you know, obviously you're just going to hear a bunch of cougar type talk. Um, I, you know, I just, I can't even, I almost can't even take the question seriously because to me, a 19-year-old young man is is a child. I can't even fathom having a conversation with a 19-year-old man. Well, I guess he's still a man, let alone doing anything else. So for me, I, you know, I just, I just can't, I just can't see it. You know, and I think, listening to your answer, I think that, I must not have asked the question right because I think I did say dating, and that wasn't really the question we were talking about today. We were talking about purely <clears throat> a physical relationship because I don't think any of us would be like, hey, I want to date someone 20 years my junior, uh, you know, at that age. So uh, does that change but your perspective at all? Nah, people, people nah. Just something on the <laughs> She's like, no. Uh-huh. Yeah, see, I think, what about you, Brian? Uh-huh. I know women, women no, got to have no, that emotional me... connection. They got to talk. No, 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 I'm not talking about no emotional connection. Now, you know me. I'm talking about <laughs> at, at 19, you still doing the jackrabbit move. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Okay, so it's all about you got to get the multiple seeds working first. Well, he, you don't you know, learn that until like 27, 28. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you, you, you're quiet over there. Pretty much. I'm thinking back to the jackrabbit move. I'm like, did, did I ever learn that or use that? Am I still using that? Right. So, right. so, uh, so to, to, okay. So to, to Kelly's point, I think I think uh, Ryan kind of alluded to the fact that a lot of men uh, would say, uh, you know, that, that they don't need to be to be uh have any type of emotional attraction uh to to a a, a woman regardless of her age and i think to an extent that's that's the truth but also it's a little oversimplified i mean i know I mean, I guess if you just kind of have a one-night stand type thing, and I, I don't know too many people who would see a Kate Upton, uh, you know, out and about that was feeling them and not, you know, want to do something with her. But I think, you know, sometimes we do oversimplify that. There are a lot of men, especially when you're around age 40, who, you know, have, have been around the block enough to where they're not, you know, just trying to hit everything that's moving, and, you know, they might not actually do it. I think for me personally, as I think about a 19-year-old, if I'm almost 40 and I was 20 when they were born and I have, you know, little cousins and stuff that are around that age, I would uh, I probably not be uh, be inclined. But, you know, you all know my nickname. I, I kind of have that. <laughs> I have that, that standard. But I think that um, I think you, you probably get a few more uh, men that would jump on it than women, but a lot of that is because of the, uh, because of the social piece. But I will say when I was 19 years old, the the best thing you could have given me was a forty year old woman cause, <laughs> because you know uh, how I was about about the older women back then. So what about you, Ryan? Maybe we lost Ryan. Um, maybe we did. <laughs> okay, <laughs> then I'll then I'll just take it over from here. Okay, Kelly. So so you're saying that um, that a 19 year old wouldn't be uh, you know wouldn't be suitable uh, because of that age. So so what do you think? At what age would do you think somebody would be uh, old enough? If, if you are 40 years old, how 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 low can you go? And and, uh, and <laughs> how do you how do you uh, establish that? Uh, that hurdle. Well, you know, again, I, I think I do have a bit of a personal bias um, because I've never been interested in men who are younger than me, even a couple of years younger than me. Um, but I think that, you know, for most other women, maybe if you're 40, you know, you might be able to date somebody in there in the low 30s. I just can't see it. I just, because in general, in my experience, it seems to me that women prefer older men. Um, now, my mother has made, has married two men that were younger than her, um, So, but only by, you know, two, three years at the most. Right. So, 
so. Right. So, so what about you? How how high would you uh, would you go, or how 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 much older would you go? Would you date? Now this is yeah. This, now this is well, it's gonna sound really crazy because when I was twenty three, <laughs> when I was twenty three, I was dating a guy who was forty. So, so what's the uh, difference? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't nineteen. When you were twenty three, it was okay. But once you grow up, it's like, and I think that's the. I know I didn't jump back and had a technical difficulty in my phone a second ago, but I, mean, I think that's the difference is that when we're on the young side, it's like, oh, okay, maybe I can see that that being acceptable. Uh, but then when you're on the older side, you're like, nah. So <laughs> I, I get yeah, that. Yeah, but I was I was 23. I wasn't 19. Yeah, well, you can do yeah, that. Yeah, 23 is still pretty young, uh, Kels. I'm, still, sorry. Still <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. That's, that's not much better. Yeah, it's still the same age. I'm, see, I'm looking at it from the, the age gap more so than the actual age. And I think maybe that's where it's getting messed up in some people's mind uh, when I say I think the gap is more important. Not necessarily more important, but no, I mean, 19 hours. Did, you know. did, you, did you just say the gap is more important? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just not going to let anything slide. All right, there you He's go. He's just not going to let nothing. He's not going to let it slide. <laughs>
that, that I was going to ask you, do you think he can bust out the running man and do every little step? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, okay. the guy, I mean, he could. He was, a, he was a pretty decent dancer. I wasn't really like watching him, watching him, but he, you know, he didn't look <laughs> awkward and corny. So, so yeah. Okay, right, I'm, gonna need, I'm gonna need a mo- I'm gonna need a I'm gonna need a moment to reflect on Idris Elba dancing. That's the way you vote one way or the other. Um, okay, I'm better now. Um, <laughs> you know, Bobby Brown has a Bobby Brown has a twisted mouth though. I mean, he, he, he didn't, he didn't always it, have a twisted mouth. He he didn't yeah, always he have that. Yeah, but he has it. So I you know I just can't. I can't. I don't know. I can't. I can't, I don't I can't go with Idris's body. I just can't do it. Uh, so you say I, I don't know how many twisted mouth black actors there are in the screen that could fill. I don't know if that's got to be a prerequisite to fill the, the role, though. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, uh, uh, remember Delroy Lindau and in, uh, in Malcolm X when when he was uh, West Indian Archie? He twisted his mouth when he was supposed to, you know, be be uh, recovering from a stroke. So I think Idris could pull that yeah. off. But hey, that's just me. Yeah, that's some, some makeup, you know. I don't know. Yeah, that, that um, I guess I could definitely see him doing. It. Even though I don't see that he'd be. I don't want to see him as Bobby Brown, but um. I think that he would be more convincing than Oprah. I mean, even looking at that picture of Oprah today, he still just looked like it was a Photoshop pic. Like, that's Oprah? Like, what do you think? So, yeah, um, we'll see. I think I was more disturbed about the uh, news that Jennifer Hudson or Halle Berry was being uh, cast for Whitney Houston than Idris being cast for uh, Bobby Brown. So, uh, we'll see how that all works out. I mean, I didn't even know there was a movie being made until we saw that today. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's but. almost as bad as Zoe Saldana's Nina, Nina Simone. I mean, it just <laughs> yeah. doesn't make any sense. I, I, think right, I, yeah. I, agree with, I agree with Brian's uh, comment earlier today, which is that they need to get somebody young, unknown. Why do you need to use, like, the same five actors for every black role? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I know one thing. Tyler Perry better not be. Playing my- <laughs> oh, I, gotta- <laughs> I got a gun. I got a gun. Wrong, wrong character, Tyler. Wrong character. <laughs> I'm a bust a cap. Wrong character, Tyler. Wrong character. <laughs> he might play Whitney. Who knows? He likes Whitney. Right, right, right. So- <laughs> well, all right. That's that. Uh, Kelly, we want to thank you, man. That's uh, going to. And uh, our He Say, She Say segment for this week. And uh, thank you uh, for joining us for the conversation and uh, all that you do for the show. No problem. Thank you much. All right. Okay. Bye. Cool. Oh, yeah. Know what that music means, ladies and gentlemen. Coming all the way from Detroit, Michigan, it's the one and only R&B's own Peter, the Love Waking. Welcome to the show, man. Hey guys, right on, right on. How is everybody? Hey, hey, we're doing well, man. I, I did you pick out that music for yourself? Of course, I did. I would have I would have sworn that you pick out moments in love, man. That's the, that's the true Detroit late night. Uh, mo, you, you remember the the uh, the uh, the late night with Mojo in Detroit? Oh yeah, man. I used to love Mojo on uh, WGPR, and he was also on ninety six point three and uh, Mix ninety two point three. Yeah, moments in love was the jam, but also uh, you know Detroit loves Barry White too. Got you. All, All right. right, well, welcome to the show, man. We it's always a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. I enjoy it. Well, Pete, you know, we've got a bunch of questions that came in, and uh, we like to do this show unscripted. So we didn't share the questions with you yet. But before we jump in, so I didn't know if you had any science that you wanted to drop on your own first before we go ahead into these questions. Do you have anything you want to share with the people? I'm sorry. Well, let's say that one more time. We want to ask you some questions, but I was giving you a chance to say anything you wanted to say first, drop any science that you might have prepared if you did 
Oh, I just want to say, I just enjoy this opportunity. I think it's important to have dialogue about, you know, relationships. So just carry on and uh, let's get to the questions. All right. Brian, why don't you go ahead and get us started, man? You got the questions, right? <laughs> you would get me give me the first question. I mean, you don't okay. ask me now. What are you ask whatever? Oh, okay, good stuff. Then I'm not asking that person. Okay. <laughs> so, so this this is a this is a good a good question. Um <clears throat> I actually had a conversation with two of my two of my friends, uh, who who were facing the issue of uh one of them one of them can't have kids, so the man can't have kids, the other really wants kids or uh or the or vice versa. The man either the man or the woman can't have kids and the other one wants mm-hmm. kids. How should they work that out? If it's impossible for one of them to conceive kids, uh, first of all, they should definitely consider counseling. Uh, go to marital counseling, uh, talk it out, and then uh, there's the option of, uh, you know, adoption or artificial insemination. So those are the steps that they should take. So, so what about what about surrogacy? Do you think if if you were unable to conceive a child and and uh, your your wife wanted to have a child, would you consider uh, having a surrogate uh, sperm or, or even having somebody, uh, a, a woman, carry the child for you if it was the other way around? That's also a possibility. It's funny you mentioned that, uh, Ryan, because there's an associate of mine. Uh, she's about 38, 39, and she uh, has no suitor at this present time, and she is uh, considering that option, and we talked about it. And I said, well, if you really want to have kids and you know that uh, you're able to provide for them, then uh, it's okay to explore all options, even, you know, if you're not married. I mean, of course you want people to be married uh, to have kids, but, you know, now there are just so many options available uh, to couples and even uh, women who are single that uh, desire kids and uh, are able to uh, provide for them. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. We got this question came from, I guess I shouldn't say who we didn't get the permission to say. All right. So you, you got a guy who really wants to get it on with the girl in a good way and be effective in the way he breaks it down um, so that he can have a happy and satisfied partner. What would be your recommendations for him in order how to really put it down in the bedroom? Uh, basically, you know, uh, watch, uh, you know, pornography, uh yeah, uh, uh, go uh, to uh, uh, well, yeah. Watch pornography, and then also uh, just explore the, uh, different things. Uh, you know, foreplay. You know, just just try to, um, a myriad of different techniques to see what works. What, what, what's been your go-to move when it comes to the foreplay? Like, what, what's like when 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 love God does this? The girls get the quadruple going. What, what's, what's, what's been your move? You said what's been my move? Yeah. Oh, uh, man, just just everything, man. Just just feeling them up and uh, you know touching them, caressing, uh, kissing. Okay, all right. You know, <laughs> going on yards. Okay. Gotcha. So, sorry, I I. I got to get back to this porn thing, man. I'm sorry. What, I, I'm trying to really understand what what you were saying with the uh, with the porn part. So, are you saying that you that you're you're supposed to go and actually get some tips from it, or is that supposed to help you in the whole process, or, or how does that really play into the whole thing? It's supposed to be, you know, like a stimulant. It cannot take the actual place of the act, but it, it's just like a little uh, picker upper. Okay, a picker upper. Gotcha. And do you and do you leave it on through the whole time, or are you are you uh, turning that off at when 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 she gets turned on? Are you trying to do the moves? You see, like you kind of like role play. It, it, it just depends. It just depends on the person. And I mean, me personally, I'd rather just you know, keep it on just briefly, and then just have a free for all, and just be creative and uh, just take it from there. Cool, Brian. Yeah, all right, question. all right. Well, let's see. Next question. Next question. Okay, since since you know I love politics, uh, what do you think is the biggest difference in the bedroom between Democrats and Republicans? Wow, that's a that's a heavy one, Brian. Uh, hmm. I would say Democrats are are more liberal, and Republicans are just <laughs> so uptight. <laughs> 
you know, they're not out of the box thinkers. They're like either it's my way or the highway. Got you. So, 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 all the same with uh, tax policy, uh, foreign <laughs> policy, and veteran policy. Republicans and yeah. Democrats, it pretty much, it it pretty much uh, holds true no matter where you are. Exactly. Oh man, I, I you know, you, you just keep it so simple for us. You keep it so simple for us, man. You hey, got I more? think that's the thing. I do have another question, but I think that's the thing. I mean, we were looking so deep thinking it was something so big, but. I would never thought it's that simple. The, the Democrats are more liberal in the bedroom. It makes sense to me. Right. Republicans are concerned. That's all we got to you. Appreciate yeah, definitely. that. I mean, break it down. So, love, Doc. Last question, man. You, Sorry, man. Um, all right, now. Uh, you you uh, made, let us all know that, you know, you, you saw the value in waiting uh, as long as possible before you entered into the world of love, Dr. Um, meaning that, you know, you, you were almost 29 years old before you were with your first woman. What's been the response? Because I think that that's admirable. I think that um, more people should wait. However, I think that is the big double standard in the man who waits and the woman who waits. Uh, so what's been kind of the response that you've gotten from the, the ladies when they found out about uh, that that was your choice in the road that you took? Uh, to Because to, I, I, I started a lot earlier than that, but I'm by no means a love doctor. But you, you've gotten this, this love doctor degree and because you waited. So thoughts about the response you get. Uh, from the ladies when they find it out? Well, some women thought I was a homosexual, and I told them, you know, no, I'm not. I, I like, you know, being with women, and, and that not every man is, is the same. And uh, and some of them, like you said, uh, very succinctly uh, said that that was very admirable, you know, for you to uh, wait uh, for that, you know, long duration of time. And uh, some even, you know, found it, it to be, a challenge, but once I got to know them and all that, they took that out of their head. So, you know, it just depended. And uh, most of the time I've dealt with women who are pretty open-minded, and, and uh, when they came to me or came uh, across me, they realized, you know, that not all men are the same. All right, all right. Thank you. Well, all right, awesome. man. Hey, you know, real quick, how how did you hold out till you were 29, man? I think I think people that are listening uh, would would like to know, you know, what what's your secret so they could teach their kids, especially daughters. But but how did I you know hold out? Would, so yeah, I know it's not like you weren't getting offers. I mean, you told us all the time. So what, what was it about that you were able to say no for so long? Well, I've I've come across people like I remember. In high school, uh, there's this gentleman. He was in the, uh, he was an Air Force pilot. I forgot his name. He's a real uh, famous motivational don't say, don't speaker. I'm sorry? I said, don't say uh, what you were talking about. Yeah, don't say his name. No, no, no. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yes, and he expressed to us, it was a, an assembly in high school. He just told us, you know, uh, get your education. Uh, so he said, young men, you know, it's worth waiting. Uh, these women will be there for you even after you get that degree. And uh, on a serious note, even in uh, college, I remember being in Miss Effie Berry's uh, health class. You know, we talked about that a lot, you know, just protecting yourself and, uh, you know, just staying safe. And there was a uh, gentleman that came in uh, the class who was in the military, and he was uh, infected with uh, HIV, and that was kind of, you know, scary. But, uh, you know, uh, just those circumstances and then just, uh, you know, just staying focused and disciplined. Uh, my goals in life are uh, the reasons why, you know, I prolonged it. And, uh, you know, I realized that, you know, there are good women out there that will be waiting, and uh, there's no reason to rush. All right. All right. That makes sense. I mean, I guess at some point, though, you were like, hey, forget goals. I need to get some. So I need you know, goals. That's good stuff, man. So. Any closing words, man, you want to give? Give out your information about your blog and all that good stuff in your videos. You got it, you know, the, the last video you did on uh, YouTube with the uh, the very white thing with the, uh, yeah, you got really into character on that, man. I know they got a lot of hits. So uh, how can people find out more about the Love Doctor hit you up between now and next month? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, just, just go on uh, YouTube and just uh, type, you know, uh, Love Doctor, T-H-E, Love Doctor. And uh, also my blog is uh, pjb.blogspot.com. Uh, uh, of course, I'm mostly talking about politics on there, but I think I'm going to, you know, broaden it up a little bit and talk about some other uh, pertinent issues in the world. 
All right. Good stuff, man. Thanks for calling in. We'll talk to you next month. All right, no problem, brother. See you at homecoming. All right. <laughs> you know, you know. My question is: if you if you wait until you're 29, does that mean that you're doing the jackrabbit till you're like 35 or what? I mean, what, what <laughs> that was your question. <laughs> yeah, I thought of that just as he was hanging up, but I know that we want to stick to the time, so I I just kind of let uh, let it alone. So you, but you didn't see Corinne ask that question. You just thought of that. Yeah, yeah, I actually just thought of that. I, I didn't see her ask that question, but That's great minds. Great minds. <laughs> Good stuff. Man, let's flop through this list real quick and get out of here because the list tonight is a special uh, top list that we want to do, and it'll kind of um, go right into the close of the show. You know, I didn't even count how many it is, so we just on a top list. Uh, but this list is, um, you know, a lot of people want to support us. They talk about how they support the Ryan and Brian show, and we love all the support that we get. Um, however, we, we came up with the list, kind of brainstorming on those who want to support and don't really know how they can support or if you're supporting enough, uh, you want to help us. If you like what we do on the radio, on the Internet, and you want more people to hear about us, you want to see more of us other places, here's some things that we kind of uh, wanted to put in place that will help uh, you support us more and help grow what we're trying to do. Uh, so we're just going to run through a couple of things, and uh, hopefully you, you've already been throwing some of them. If not, you pick one or two that you can do this week. Uh, the first thing on the list was uh, to actually like the Ryan and Brian Show fan page on Facebook. So if you not if you haven't already gone to that show, it's uh, <clears throat> facebook.com slash Rob Show. Uh, go to that uh, page and actually like it uh, so you can get updates from the fan page. That's that's one thing you can do. Yeah, excellent. And the second thing um, is to save our website to your favorites. So uh, just go to www.rybryshow.com and um, – and actually bookmark that. Saving that to your favorites uh, makes it easier for you to get there when it's showtime, and it also helps because uh, because it, it helps us increase the listens as we try to broaden our, our, our listenership and uh, and start to do additional things going forward. So go to uh, com and add us to your favorites. And then also, very good, is uh, subscribe to our blog, com. Don't just go and read it. Actually, subscribe to it. Put your email address on there. Subscribe to the feed as well as if you're on Google Plus, go ahead and sign up there so you get the the blog. Uh, actually, subscribe to it uh, because numbers count. We're talking about social media uh, endorsements, jobs, uh, you know, gigs coming up, um, getting bigger shows. So subscribe to the blog. Yeah, and uh, very similar to that is subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. It's free. Uh, you can hear any of our shows if you want to hear. You know, we've had the big stars on. We had uh, Rita G earlier this year. We had Issa Rae, uh, who we'll give a shout out to at the end of the show, also on the show. Or you know, any any of our shows uh, in, in this season, you can go onto our podcast and actually download those to your iPhone, listen to them, uh, or your Android, uh, listen to them in. Um, Listen to them in your car and uh, and and help us that way because as we get more people that are subscribed, again helps us uh, build a, a viewership and, and helps with other things going forward. Absolutely. The next, you can share our show link with Facebook. Uh, Facebook. When we put out the, uh, the the post, you can just click share. It's just one button. Click share. It goes straight to your timeline, so your friends can see our Facebook link and and go and listen to our show on Blog Talk Radio uh, as well. Yeah, uh, along those lines, the next thing will be to actually listen. So once you share it, actually dial in, listen to the show, listen online, and uh, and we love when we when we get uh, get you calling in. So participate with us. You know, we we like to have guests here. We enjoy having some discussion. I know people like to sit back and listen, but we want to hear from you as well. So listen live and call in uh, to participate. Mm-hmm. And also listen to the replays, and not just listen to them, but listen to them at work, wherever you are. You know, put it on the speaker so that people can hear the show around you. Uh, start talking about the show, so you can listen to the replays uh, because all those numbers count. Uh, and again, the word begins to spread. Uh, someone can listen to the show and say, "Hey, what's that? What are you listening to?" And you can start to tell them who we are. So uh, listen to the replays at work. Okay, and uh, <clears throat> last one here is actually tweet about us. 
Uh, that that's really important because um, you know Twitter is such a powerful tool to get the word out to to uh, different people all over the country and all over the world. So if you just send something out uh, on Twitter, uh, you you follow us at ryebryshow dot com and actually retweet when we're when we're on the show. Uh, that's awesome and, and that helps to expand um, to our to your network and and out into the Twitter sphere and uh, and it, it helps to build the brand as well. So tweet about us. Absolutely. So that's about it. And of course, you know, we always have a lot of events. Come on out to those and put reviews on the site and things like that. Uh, but uh, go again, robbrowshow dot com is uh, the website. Facebook dot com slash robbrowshow, Twitter dot com slash robbrowshow. Make sure you come and listen to us every single uh, Tuesday night, nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here um, on Blog Talk Radio. So with that being said, I wish you all the best. Have a great week. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Even if you're small right now, tell the dream killers you don't want to talk right now. Got a hard full well, but it's all right now. Got a huff and buff and blow the walls right now. Don't aim for the plot, aim for the stars. Neptune, Saturn, Uranus, and Mars. So even if you fall, you can land in the cloud. Better aim for the mansion and land in the house. Sky ain't the limit no more. Look. See the finish line and then laugh that. Be the man where you used to get laughed at. God on it, who are they to say you?